Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Could at least some UFOs be time travel vehicles? If so, who or what is doing the time traveling? How and for what purpose? Hello and welcome to the 833rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those time-consuming questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today we bring you a new view on uh, so a well-known subject of the UFO field. And uh, we welcome your calls today. The uh, number is uh, 401-766-1240. That is from anywhere. Or you can email paul at behindtheparanormal.com or contact us by Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Joining us via Skype for her second appearance on the show, I think it's been, what, maybe four or five years. Yeah, we're really continuing this uh, this saga of bringing back guests we haven't had on in multiple yes, years. Uh, sort of, uh, yes, uh, electronic resurrection. Mm. Is Diane Tessman, teacher, UFO researcher, author of six books, and an experiencer. In the 1970s, Diane was a field investigator with the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, or APRO, and Florida Section Director of the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON. But as her official bio says, quote, My work on the UFO puzzle began when I was four years old. I was abducted twice by UFO beings in 1952-53. One encounter was aboard a starship. The second encounter was at Eagle Lake, Ontario. A membrane was taken from me. I have always had a few conscious memories. The most vivid memory uh, is that my quote-unquote guide said, We are from your future. He might have been lying, but my investigations, research, and subsequent experiences indicate he was not, unquote. Diane's website is earthchangepredictions.com. So, Diane Tessman, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Oh, I'm pleased to be back. Oh, well, it's great to have you back. So, let's just jump right into it here. Uh, so, most people assume that UFOs are spacecraft uh, from other planets. So, why do you feel at least some of them could actually be time travelers. Well, uh, as I say in my very first words in my book, um, there are no doubt thousands of advanced ET races in the galaxy, and maybe some visit Earth. However, I think we've ignored what's right before our eyes, that it's our descendants who are the occupants in most of the UFOs. So I look at it this way. Uh, The golden age of science and technology is upon us. We may not even realize this fully, but we are leaping forward in fields like computer science, astronomy with, with all sorts of new telescopes that can do amazing things, find uh, planets like Earth at, at far distances, uh, quantum physics, post-quantum physics, biomedicine, bioanthropology, neuroscience, genetic science, and more. And I believe that we are laying the foundation for their, the future human society, who they are, probably quite uh, computer or artificial intelligence uh, in nature. And we are their forefathers and foremothers who open the windows on this advanced knowledge. And I'm not proposing that... uh, a new spirituality based in future humans. They, no doubt, are flawed, uh, and abductions would be an example of that. They're often inhumane. Um, I'm not trying to replace the ideas or beliefs of ET gods with future human gods. 
I simply think that it's time for new thinking that we sort of decided too quickly, uh, right maybe as in 1947 when Kenneth Arnold saw the flying saucers, that they were piloted by aliens from far distant planets. Uh, we probably have a fascination with what alien life is like, and uh, Hollywood movies quickly, you know, reflected that. Uh, but it it seems to me that we sell ourselves short uh, if we go into the future at all. If we don't blow ourselves up in a nuclear war and we can still live on a planet that we've damaged, we will go on. And, uh, you know, we don't even think of that. We're so quick to say, oh, no, it's ETs. And if uh, somebody says, well, what about uh, time travelers coming back, human time travelers, uh, it'll quite often just be uh, cut off very quickly. They say Einstein never said, uh, Einstein said that it's impossible to travel back in time. But he never said that. And uh, right. mm-hmm. in our history, it's, uh, it would be difficult but, uh, oh, I have a cat going across the keyboard. <laughs> oh, we all have cats running across keyboards. <laughs> yes, I, I'm surrounded by my animals here. <laughs> um, yeah, he never said it was impossible. He was, he was, uh, struggling with it, even at his death, uh, with unifying the field and gravity and all of that. It's not easy, but we have always come through with ideas like fire and airplanes and, uh, it's it's not impossible, and uh, people are actually working at this moment to find the answer to time travel. Okay, now uh, we have a oh okay we have a, a rather a distinguished caller uh, right off the bat here. Uh, I have some questions, but we'll wait until after our caller. This is um, we have Steve Laplume with us. Steve is not only uh, an occasional guest co-host of our show; uh, he uh, was present uh, at. R.E.F. Bentwaters during the Rendlesham Forest UFO yes. incidents of 1980 and uh, the issue of time-traveling aliens, or rather time-travelers period, came up uh, during that case. So, Steve, uh, welcome back to the show. Oh, well, thank you. I'm not so sure about distinguished guests, but, you know. <laughs> 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 but, Diane, it's, it's nice to finally talk to you. I know we communicate a little bit over the uh, over the Internet and all. Right, and, right. Uh, and uh, I, I mentioned that you're my uh, theoretical soulmate when it comes to time travel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, just you know, from my, from the experience that you know, I had at Ira, you know, the Rendlesham Forest incident and all, the first thing that uh, that Schmidt said was, you know, when he asked them, "Hey, who are you?" They said, "We are you from the future." So, I mean, to me, that just kind of set the tone there for, you know, again, not discounting ETs, you know, but I think there's an alternate there somewhere. Yeah, well, Jim Penniston, uh, one of the Rendlesham Forest folks, uh, whom you served with, Steve, uh, brought that up. Yeah. I remember, and Diane, I'm sure you know about this. Uh, there, there's a video of his of his being hypnotized. You know, if hypnotism does what we think it does, and there's some debate. Uh, but he said that when he touched the craft, uh, one of the craft that, that had landed in the forest, he said it was warm to the touch, and he said they were not aliens; they were us. Mm-hmm. And he believes they were time travelers. Yeah. Well, on my uh, abduction, he's my guide, for lack of, you know, quote-unquote, abductor slash guide, <laughs> said, we are from your future. 
and it's something that I remember consciously. I don't, I then underwent hypnosis, and I'm more skeptical of that, but I, I do accept it. But I have a few conscious memories, and that's one of them. So, uh, that's the, it's almost as if once in a while they want to get that message across, and they come out and say it to somebody. Mm. Well, I, I remember that you and I are roughly of the same vintage, I think, uh, Diane, and uh, I recall in the 60s uh, various speculation about this. So, but um, very few people have written it, written about it to the uh, to the point that you have, uh, to the uh, you know, as exhaustively as you have. So, Steve, um, so you you, uh, you tend to lean toward the same point of view in the Randleston case? Yeah, yeah, and, and a couple of reasons why. Um, I have a friend of mine that's like deep into the government, and uh, they they worked on a, a remote viewing, and you know, back in the seventies or so. Mm. And um, wow. and one of the questions they asked the group of remote viewers, they gave them all a list and you know questions. And one of them was, "Is time travel possible?" And the other one was, "What are UFOs?" And all of them came back with, "Yes, time travel is possible, and UFOs are us from the future." So. I mean, that, to me, is just a little more evidence here and there. And, you know, just looking at it from an overall point of view, if you look, like, back in the 70s when they had cattle mutilations and, you, you know, people talk about abductions and having babies taken from them and stuff, if, if our future is so messed up due to maybe a radi- radiation event, then it makes sense to me they'd want to come back and get their food supply squared away with cattle and sheep and then try to get their DNA squared away with, well, you know, you stock from us. I'm just looking at it from outside looking in point of view. But, sure. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, Steve, thank you for your thoughts, and uh, we'll okay. look forward to having you back on the show soon. Yeah, right. I'm Thanks. talking with you, Steve. Okay. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Now, I know that, uh, Ben, uh, you had some... Thoughts? Yes, yeah, some thoughts, because uh, I had a I bunch of questions, do. too. Um, I do. In any sort of uh, topic of, of discussing the unknown, it's always good to define your terms. Mm-hmm. So, Diane... What is time travel, and what do we know about it? Uh, it is uh, a formula. It's not a time machine. Everybody thinks of H.G. Uh, uh, Wells' time machine. It would be a formula that worked to most likely uh, make space fluid. It's, it's rigid. And, uh, well, I have to mention here... Dr. Jack Sarfati, who uh, has a chapter in my book, and I refer to throughout the book. He uh, yeah, we have uh, a photo of him on on the uh, talking points page for the show, which is uh, <coughs> excuse me being shown on the video <coughs> uh, feed of the show. <coughs> excuse me, and um, people can go to behindtheparanormal.com uh, for the talking points for the show and see uh, everything we're talking about today. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go, go ahead, Diane. That's okay. Well, he was in on the remote viewing uh, that Steve mentioned as well, and uh, he's from that uh, era of of the 70s um, and 80s, and that went into the 90s. Uh, he also feels that it's uh, future humans, and as far as what time travel is, he's working on something called low-power warp. Um, he stays true to Einstein's general and special theories of relativity. And there's a, an interview with him in the book. Um, I'm jumping subjects here, but I'll get back to uh, the Tic Tac capsules that the Navy, U.S. Navy interacted with demonstrate movements which do line up with Dr. Sarfati's research. 
So here's a probable open door, not just warping space, but if the right formula could be found, it would also include traveling back in time. And then he believes also that it will open the door to conscious artificial intelligence, which may be the guidance system of the Tic Tacs because uh, flesh and blood human could not stand the G-forces that the the flight patterns that the Tic Tacs do, the maneuvers. And uh, Jack has been working with researchers in the EU and uh, hopes the U.S. will begin to test it and develop it before Russia and other uh, more hostile powers develop it. So time travel is a, a thing the same as, well, I often say, I don't know how uh, enlightened it is, but it seems like we couldn't learn to uh, fly until we got the aerodynamic shape right for airplanes. You can't fly a, a box or, or a circle. It had to be that aerodynamic shape. And uh, it's kind of the same thing. There is a basic formula. And then, of course, once we create something, it seems to be one of the gifts of the human race that once we get an idea... We create the, the basics of it, and then the sky's the limit. Then we take off with developing it further. And uh, I feel that the time travelers in the UFOs are probably a military or quasi-military group that are probably assigned to come back uh, and observe or do something, um, observe the ancestors, um, and probably do a lot else. Um, and then probably go back to the phase of time they belong to. I don't think that they're stuck here or anything. I think they have the the formula for time travel and uh, are probably trained. Uh, you don't do that. There are many rules, a non-interference directive, to to use a Star Trek term. Um, so it's it's a whole system. Probably those. That pilot that, you know, people just see a UFO and, and report it, that's most of the case. Most of the cases aren't abductions or even landing. It's just that somebody saw something they can't explain. And they're probably going about their business uh, because, after all, this is their Earth, too, and they kind of have that attitude. Uh, they feel they can abduct us, uh, catch and release. It probably benefits them in some way genetically, as Steve mentioned. So uh, that's that's my answer to what is time travel. Okay, well, there could be um, more complex approaches to that. I mean, that's all. That's very, very plausible, perfectly believable, I guess. Logical. <laughs> yeah. Well, from our, from our point of view. But yes, there are other right. points. Of view. Speaking of Einstein, uh, the relativity theory indicates rather clearly that there is no past, there is no future, it's all simultaneous. Right. Hence the statement to us by several physicists, or one in particular who is working on time theory, that you don't travel back and forth, you travel sideways. Sideways, yes. Which is six and one half dozen of the other from what we've been saying. Right. But what bothers me is uh, our our own narrow point of view on the meaning of advanced. I've mentioned this several times on the show, but it, who what was the technological advancement is what we usually mean. Uh, but as, as I've often said, you know, who, who was the most te- technologically advanced nation in the 1930s? It was Nazi Germany. How'd that work out? 
You know, I would I would be um, right. very rather chilled and alarmed to have a, a civilization like that looking in on us. Um, now, the whole idea of the time stream uh, in from the quantum point of view, from one quantum po- physics point of view, is that uh, you have more like a tree than a stream. Whenever someone makes an observation or a choice, uh, it creates another time stream. So, so the old conundrum of going back and shooting your own grandfather, therefore right. you won't be born, is meaningless because it would have no effect whatsoever on the universe in which you were born. So as far as them being afraid, from that point of view, if it's correct, uh, <clears throat> what would you say that would do to the, the notion of, of their agenda? I mean, you know, non-interference meaning you know, that they wouldn't change their own time stream, but if, that, if that's meaningless and if that's not how creation is organized, what say you about what the intentions are and also, I'd like to know about you know whether it's it's one group or or more than one dropping in on us. I mean, it, the, the possibilities are endless here. What, what, what say you? Right. Well, okay. To you've got a number of points there. I'm scribbling this down. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about I that. Can't remember them. Uh, okay. First, on yes, it's advanced science and technology. It's not advanced spirit. Mm. We're certainly not advanced in spirit. But it, it, you sort of reach the conclusion that either we don't go on, and you don't, not you personally, but we don't want us to go on because we're just too bad to go on, or we're going to go on probably with the same imbalance and only hope that we become more enlightened. We're probably more, slightly more enlightened today than we were in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, so, I, I state that a number of times in the book that it's it's no um, really it's not a hopeful a manifesto at all. It's just kind of a statement of what I think is is before our eyes. Um, okay, the the, um, the different streams of reality. Um, Dr. Sarfati taught me about the Novikov loop. Oh, that yeah. is uh, a science uh, law at this point. I mean, science law can change, or physics, but it is accepted as true. You really can't escape the timeline that you're in. And therefore, if you get you come back and, oh, my goodness, you were hit by a truck, I guess you were always hit by a truck. Now, I don't know how then you managed to come back. I guess you don't ask me the, the details of this, but as far as killing your grandfather, um, you, you didn't because here you are. <laughs> right. The best I can do with that. Yeah. Um, there is the many world theory and with the alternate timelines that we make every second really in decisions. But um, uh, you can argue that you stay in your original, the you with a capital Y, and then other yous would go would go into those other streams that you still maybe can't can't escape. So, um, okay, the non-interference uh, directive wouldn't. Uh, it would be partly for. Uh, I hate to echo a Star Trek episode, but it would be partly for the benefit of the uh, people in 2020 or whatever year, not just for their benefit, because if 
people became aware that it wasn't even ETs, that it's, or not entirely ETs, that it is another stream of humans. And my goodness, they have the cure for cancer. They have the cure thanks to artificial intelligence uh, brilliance in solving things. They probably have the cure for every disease there is. They may have the key to fixing our poor old planet. Perhaps this is my my quick example on that. You could send in artificial intelligence to put out the terrible fires in Australia or the Amazon, and you wouldn't have any loss of human life, and they'd be much more efficient. Um, so uh, then you have people would very quickly probably follow or want to follow this other bunch of humans that they learned about and that would cause chaos the powers that be would no, would not, no longer be respected and until but until we hit a certain point of advancement or or maturity it wouldn't be advisable to just drop that into a a pond like a chaotic you know ripple effect mm. Uh, so they're prob- maybe they're decent enough, uh, and, and then not to to uh, just not care whether we know or not. And of course, this would go for humans all the way back, because they could uh, time travelers could also go way back in in time and may have. Um, then the your other uh, oh the the complexity of what phase of time they're from. Well, they could be 50 years ahead. They could be millions of years ahead. And probably they don't blend that in their units that come, their their military units that come back uh, that are in the UFOs. Probably 50 years ahead would, would be with those of 100 years, 50 years, whenever we get the key to time travel. And that might account for the, the golden humans that Travis... Walton saw, and uh, there are quite a few reports of normal-sized humans as well as just the small ones. Um, and then um, uh, the ones from two million years ahead, goodness, they might be, you know, particles of consciousness or, or f- 50 million years ahead. So it's probably... Uh, divided up into time phases, not exactly years. They probably don't even, well, maybe they keep track of years. But uh, that would account for what people think are different alien tribes, possibly. Uh, might be uh, humans from different times. Maybe some have had uh, radiation damage as far as their, uh, uh, you know, their physical makeup. And, um, you know, that there could be differences as time goes along with humans. That's, in fact, there will be. Um, uh, one more thing I've got in the book, Dr. Mike Masters, that is a evolutionary anthropologist that gives details on how he thinks evolution will make us pretty similar to the aliens. Well... There, uh, I see someone else is making a contribution. Uh, Steve uh, LaPlume has sent a few more points. Uh, we probably should have kept them on, but uh, Ben maybe could uh, share those. Sure. So Steve uh, wrote to us, uh, in Diane's book, an interview, he mentioned anti-gravity inside a 
Tic Tac. So humans could stand the G-force, which is an interesting theory. And as a side note, uh, traveling sideways is the is what the remote viewers said as well. Well, I'm, uh, before you answer, uh, Diane, I must point out that the, ger- the the Italian company that makes Tic Tacs couldn't buy such publicity. I mean, it's a marketer's right. dream. Anyway, that being said, uh, go ahead. What, what do you think of what Steve has uh, pointed out? Uh, the the uh, theory, the Tic Tac, that, again, belongs to Dr. Sarfati, not, not me. He feels that the way they function is exactly like... Um, incidentally, my cat is playing with a box. Is that what? Have you noticing that? I can. <laughs> uh, not really. I don't. Have you been? Okay. There? All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we like cats. Uh, he's among friends. Or I should have put him in another room before. <laughs> um, yeah, he feels that the Tic Tacs display behavior that is exactly like how he features the low power warp that would nullify gravity, uh, because obviously they are not adhering to gravity with their maneuvers. Um, and then there's an interesting um, sidelight to uh, just a possibility. It's not, not a, necessarily a fact, but, uh, you know, the, the pilots, the Navy pilots reported that, uh, that Tic Tacs were hovering over something in the water that was churning, and it was a very big something. Uh, they said the size of a 747. And uh, they couldn't figure out what it was. And then I think uh, Fravor, Commander Fravor said when he looked back, the water had smoothed out again. And uh, there's a theory that maybe there was whale migration at the time uh, that the, the Tic Tacs and the Navy um, were, were doing their acrobats. And uh, so... Possibly that churning could have been a well, but it could have been a mothership or, you know, to use that term, uh, below the water, or we may not know what it was. But the Tic Tacs were interacting or interested in something very large that was churning the water. Mm. Um, then there's also the thing that they would have known the Navy does uh, maneuvers every year uh, out in the Pacific between San Diego and Tijuana. And so why did they show, why did the Tic Tacs show up? They could have waited. It seems like they wanted the, the confrontation or the, the game. It really amounted to a game of top, of top gun, except that, uh, the, the Navy was gonna lose the, the, they didn't have the advanced tech the Tic Tacs did. And, and that seems rather human to me to just sort of engage, you know, actual aliens might have, uh, you know, just withdrawn and, and gone away in disgust at this competition, or they might have fired, you know, one extreme or the other. Uh, but for years, even the Foo Fighters, it's gone on for years that the military is bugged and hassled by these odd craft, which are, have superior technology. And that all seems rather human to me. You know, I never looked at it that way. It's an excellent point. But uh, at this point, we're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with our fascinating guest, Diane Tessman, so stick with us.
Hi, this is Joe Callahan, host of Coffee Ann, the longest-running panel discussion show in American radio. You never know what topic will pop up on Coffee Ann. So join us weekday mornings 8 to 9 on ON 1240 WOON Woonsocket Radio. Local and live at 99.5 FM. All right, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM. And uh, we're going to get back to our tremendous uh, guest here, Diane Tessman, on the subject of UFOs as time travelers. Possible time travelers, at least some of them. Now, we have a bunch of questions here, and we probably better get to them. Uh, but first, Diane, uh, tell us, uh, l- let's take the opportunity to talk about your books, your website, where people can find out more. Hello? Hi, hi, it's me. I didn't have my clicker back on. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, th- did you hear what I, I just... Uh, I did. Was... I heard you. you yeah, so, so go ahead. Uh, my website is earthchangepredictions.com, and you can contact me through that. Uh, if uh, be happy to hear from anyone, and I will also send a uh, free sample copy of my current newsletter, uh, Earth Change Predictions publication is my own little publication, and it's been going on since 1990. And um, my other newsletter is from 1983, without never missed an issue yet. So hmm. if you want some uh, some material from me, why contact me through Earth Change predictions.com and the book is available on uh, Kindle Amazon and um, uh, uh, yeah that's let's see oh I have an animal sanctuary here in case you had oh we were going to ask you about that yes. yeah <laughs> I started it 23 years ago when I bought 10 acres in my native Iowa I had lived in Ireland Virgin Islands California and came back to Iowa of all things Poor old Iowa, but uh, <laughs> I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to do something for the animals that were my friends when I grew up here, and I had my encounters here, and I also, that was part of it, I came back, and uh, I found that there were many uh, strays, especially cats, because corporate farming has come in here, no more family farms that maybe have a milk cow, you know, and the cats get some milk. Uh, there's just no uh, nothing left. They've cut the hedge groves, so there's no mice. Anyway, when the winter especially came along, 40 degrees below zero some winters, not this winter. But uh, there are just lovely cats wandering around, some feral and some not. And so I guess, you know, I didn't really plan to, but I started the sanctuary. And I currently have 51 cats. They're not all in the house, though. They're, <laughs> <laughs> I have a big barn, a big old barn, I, probably from before 1900. The house is that old, too. Uh, and then a, a new cabin, and uh, they have 10 acres. In the, the winter, they don't want the 10 acres, but in other seasons, why? And then a wildlife refuge. Um, I... I harbor the deer from hunting every hunting season. All the hunters think I'm the old witch of the West. Um, so, anyway, that's well, my, my answer. Very good. Excellent. Uh, and the book, of course, folks, uh, Diane Tessman is the author, Future Humans and the UFOs. Uh, probably not much about cats uh, or deer, but oh, we've got a lot of uh, 
time travel on your phone. And we have a caller, very special caller again, uh, Tim Beckley, who is not only one of our uh, stable of guest co-hosts here on the show, but is uh, Diane's publisher. So, Tim, welcome uh, to the show once more. Well, I, I could not avoid, uh, even though for me it's early on a Sunday morning, I could not avoid uh, calling to say hello to uh, you, you guys, and uh, of course Diane. And uh, you know, I'm 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 thrilled that she's written this book because uh, not enough attention has been paid to the whole concept of um, uh, UFOs and their relationship to time travel. But you know, there have been some hints uh, given out by the UFO occupants themselves. Uh, I remember in the case of Woody Derenberger, which would go back to, and I probably have the year wrong, but I think it's 1966. And I it was that's part correct. of the, yes, uh, I have a good memory for uh, uh, UFO dates, but nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that's I true, can, Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am the, uh, uh, the idiot solvent of, of, of ufology or something. I don't, you know, it, it's very, it's very weird, but uh, anyway, in the case of Woody Derenberger, uh, he had this uh, encounter uh, uh, on the on the road uh, on his way home uh, uh, to uh, Parkersburg. I think he was selling a salesman for a sewing machine uh, company in West something. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he had this encounter on the road, and uh, 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 telepathically or verbally, I, I believe it was telepathically, he had uh, uh, maybe a ten or fifteen minute conversation with the space uh, people. And they asked him what the lights in the distance uh, were, and he told them it was, uh, you know, his home of Parkersburg, and they wanted to know what what did people do there. And he said, well, some of them worked, and I guess he explained what his job was. They probably chuckled inside, you know, thinking about what a sewing machine. We haven't had that for <laughs> two million years on our world, right? Uh, anyway, before they left him, they said to him, "We will see you in time." Now, that's a very peculiar thing to say. But I believe that phraseology or something very close to it has been used several times in, in different contact uh, uh, experiences. So it, it's almost a hint that they're that uh, they're they're trying uh, to tell us, uh, you know, uh, their uh, their origin, uh, perhaps. But uh, also, too, I, I think that UFOs have the ability to come back. Uh, and, and, and see events that they know that are going to happen. Now, I don't know, uh, if it's a warning as such, or maybe they can't get on TV and say, uh, hey, uh, you know, keep off the bridge. I'm thinking in, in particular, uh, the, of course, the collapse of the Silver Bridge, uh, in Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia, uh, which is very close to where Woody had his contacts, but, also, there is an incident, and here I plug a, a book that we published, that Diane has a section in it. It's uh, uh, incredible uh, UFO, uh, in, Tim Schwartz's big book of incredible UFO encounters. And in this book, Diane has a, a chapter in there in which she relates uh, an event that transpired to her, uh, I think, in the early 1980s. It was just uh, before I met her on a tour of uh, Florida that she was living at the time. Now, it's a very, uh, uh, as you know, we've, I've been on the program before, and I talk about synchronicities and coincidences, and they, they seem to just be so many of them, at least in my life, uh, as related to UFOs and the paranormal, that uh, there, there's something to do. I mean, you could tell that there's some warp with time here, or, or somebody knows something that they're not telling us. But, uh, Diane, just in brief, relate this uh, incident where 
uh, it, it would seem to me that perhaps these UFO uh, uh, people or pilots were, were coming back maybe to tell you or or, or, or maybe the, uh, it, it, it's you tell it better than I do. Well, as with most UFO type of things, it doesn't quite make sense, but synchronicities are like that. It's it's like, yes, they're connected, but what does it mean? It's a little bit off in how, you know, if we set about to create a synchronicity with somebody, it would be maybe more clear. But, yeah, uh, my account in 1979, it was my year of awakening uh, of accepting the fact that I was abducted, and I went then to Dr. Sprinkle the next year for hypnosis. And Leo Sprinkle, yeah. Leo Sprinkle, yeah, and he's still a friend. He's 88 years old now. Um, so I was teaching school in 1979, and uh, I lived with my parents and my daughter one block from Tampa Bay in St. Petersburg, Florida. I began having paranormal events around my house and in my house, and I had the best UFO sighting during that time of my life uh, because I never saw the craft during my abductions. So this was my best sighting. And uh, so uh, I, the Skyway Bridge is a long network of bridges that spans over Tampa Bay. I could see it from a park at the end of the street um, from uh, St. Pete to Bradenton. And um, so I'm going to, just for time reasons here, I'm going to skip over details of my wonderful siding. It was over Tampa Bay, and it was two huge white spheres that stayed there for hours. One of them did for hours. I've, I finally left. Other people saw them. It was uh, over in the park, overlooking the bay, and they were over the the bay. And uh, uh, I stayed until 2.30 in the morning, and the one had not moved. So it wasn't a balloon. It wasn't a, a, a Chinese lantern. It wasn't uh, a rocket, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do I want to say, vapor trail that that was a funny shape or something or uh, so uh, then, in 1979, was the year before 35 people uh, plunged to their deaths when the Skyway Bridge, one span of it, was hit by a barge. Uh, it was the Summit Venture Barge. It hit the bridge, and uh, my small house was one block from, you know, overlooking Tampa Bay. So... During that year, the walls beeped in my house. Uh, it started in the television at five before the hour. And I said to myself, well, it's maybe from uh, McDill Air Force Base. They've got some kind of wave going through, and that kind of annoyed me. But then it got to be random. Uh, and then it moved from the TV to places, to things that didn't have a beeping ability, like the wall, the lamp, um, the uh, the clothes dryer, uh, and I even took. Uh, it would happen a couple times a day. There'd be a beep, and I took the cassette recorder back in the days of cassette, uh, about half a block away on batteries, and it beeped. So, okay, the morning this was going on in my house, and um, the morning uh, I was 
that the skyway fell. I was getting myself ready for school, and our smoke alarm began to beep. It hadn't been among the beepers. <laughs> it had been okay. So I checked for fire. It wasn't fire. It wasn't a battery low signal, but it sounded like Morse code. So my dad was trying to remember Morse code, and we were running around. The, the smoke alarm continued. And just then, a bulletin came over the TV that the barge had rammed the Skyway Bridge at 7.35 a.m. So the smoke alarm stopped. It never did it again. And I wonder if it was a call for help from the energy bodies of those victims as they died, as they plunged. It would take a few seconds to hit the water. Um, I have no other explanation. But, why, but I mean... It would seem, you know, there are how many thousands of people living in that neighborhood that have um, uh, uh, smoke alarms uh, in their right. house. Why would it pick Why doors? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's like this energy, uh, or, or I mean, it's an intelligence, more than an, uh, an energy, knew that you would represent them or would be maybe yeah. talking about this years later. Yeah, I mean, the whole, my whole life is kind of like that, because here I wrote this book, here I'm talking about it, and is this why the encounter happened? Uh, you know, did they form me like, form me like this? Um, I have lived, uh, as you know, Tim, a, a non-conforming life. Never oh, settled yes. down. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, kind of like the two of you. Yeah, yeah, same here. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and you have to wonder if this is their way of nudging society forward. Uh, again, they're flawed. I'm not saying they're gods, but uh, it was this in the game plan. A person does wonder. Heaven, in heaven, heaven help the planet. It's the four of us here <laughs> on the air today that have to do this. What a what a chore. <laughs> no wonder we got problems. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Tim, thanks for calling in. We well, look forward to having you them. back on the show anytime. Uh, you're a phenomenon in the UFO field, and, well, and uh, uh, yeah, thanks uh, for calling in. And so are you, are you guys. And you have a good day, right. Diane, and you too, fellas. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, oh, what, I there, want, can I set one thing straight there? Um, he's sure. not the publisher of this book. That's Phil Mantle of Flying Oh, of course. Class. I beg your pardon. <laughs> and Phil was but, our guest last week. Ah, but... Yes. <laughs> Ben has published a lot of my stuff. But yeah, a lot of uh, cir circular relationships here. Ben, go ahead. Alrighty, so I have a fascinating... I, I've, been, I've been formulating this for the la this question for the last half hour, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've been trying to f figure out how to word it, and I finally figured it out. So let's assume... We're, we're going we're gonna to basically assume that, that all... that these, these, these beings are us in the future. Let's say time is linear... Let's say that they function in the same sort of sociological way that we do. So there's a fascinating effect that was documented um, in the mid-19th century, which was called the Flynn effect. And uh, Mr. Flynn, or Dr. Flynn, actually documented that since the 1920s, um, the average IQ of a human has gone up approximately 30 points um, until, until the mid-90s. And there's... There's evidence that in the in the Nordic states specifically in the Nordic countries that the IQ since the mid 90s has dropped 
0.2% every year. Um, and basically, they're using that sample and applying it to pretty much any major developed countries. Um, and the conclusion by some sociologists and behavioral scientists is that the cognitive reasoning of humans has actually gone down with the more abstract technology that has been used. For example, um, most college students can't do mental math. I, I know I'm really bad at it, and I can't. I, I have a really hard time doing it, mostly because calculators exist, and you are encouraged to use graphing calculators, especially if you're doing calculus and whatnot. But you lose certain cognitive abilities by right. relying too much on technology. So my question to you is this: If this pattern is the same, you know, throughout, let's say, a hundred, two hundred, something years, that would mean that the IQ of whatever these creatures are has dropped significantly from this point. Now, if they are a a technologically advanced civilization, does that mean that they are intelligent? Ah, well, um, uh, I scribbled down some things again here. Linear time, uh, I think time is uh, uh, simultaneous. this theory doesn't uh, go against Einstein and that or, or physics. It's just that we all live in the eternal now, and the cave people lived in the eternal now. And and uh, so if we find a way to drill into that sideways or, or down <laughs> into the layers of time, um, it's uh, I, I wouldn't say it's linear. I would say this would probably be bear out the idea that it's uh, um, simultaneous. Um, so as far as, as doing, um, uh, you know, long division better, uh, I, I wonder how they gauged the IQ test on that because we're probably uh, grasping uh, some of us, uh, those with education, um, Higher uh, uh, technical ideas. No, those were peop- those were college students. They tested. It wasn't average people. It was college students. Uh, so perhaps they're working in fields that just assume that the math is correct on a calculator. Um, that's very true. We don't do uh, add up things like we used to. My dad was really good at that. <laughs> uh, at you know, at basic math, really fast. Um, but uh, is that intelligence or is it grasping, uh, you know, ideas? Uh, I've got a question in the book about do we think that they have, this is along the same line, that future humans would be have more psi-ability or less because um, why, while um, we give aliens credit for things like telepathy and tele- teleporting, you know, uh, raising and abductee into the air and into the craft and things like that, well, that could be advanced technology. Uh, uh, so have we lost the ability for psychic things? Perhaps older generations were really more psychic because they were so close to each other. Uh, so I don't even know if giving, if it is ETs, if giving them credit for having psychic ability it's all. It can be explained by advanced technology. Really, anything. 
uh, Arthur C. Clarke said advanced technology is viewed as magic uh, by those that that are not at that advanced level. Um, then my final answer to your your question is, um, of course, the idea of artificial intelligence looms over this. And if I were criticizing my book, I'd say I didn't go into that as thoroughly. I was trying to get the idea across of its future humans instead or as well as ETs. And I didn't really, it's in the book, but uh, Dr. Sarfati is working on conscious AI that he feels is connected to time travel, uh, to the same formula. Um, and he, I'm sure not the only one. So if they're artificial intelligence, and of course the Tic Tacs, as an example, could drop the 80,000 feet and not have their heads explode if they're an artificial intelligence guidance system or an individual who's artificial intelligence. The being I meant was human. Uh, my spidey sense said this is human, don't panic, although they might have given me something to calm me. But his eyes were not were nothing I had seen from any other human. They were um, amber colored and almost translucent and wide set and just somehow not uh, other not human that I knew was human and yet I felt he was human. <laughs> um, so you know if he had an artificial intelligence component, let's say he's from 250 years ahead, that's Star Trek time, you know, while Captain Kirk could have been artificial intelligence, you can, obviously they made it more simple, Gene Ron Berry did, than an actual scenario he might have seen. So if you bring AI into it, that's where our intelligence will leap forward. Okay, we um, have a number, of, I'm sorry, go ahead. That, no, that's it, it's not... A spiritual leap, unfortunately, yeah. but it would be a technological science. Okay. Leap. Yeah, we have a number of listener questions we're not going to be able to get to, but maybe one that's relatively brief uh, from Phil in Orange, Massachusetts. Sure. Uh, Phil writes to us, Your guest is very engaging, and I would like to ask her, uh, in her opinion, all UFOs we see and all the creature abductee reports uh, from greys to insectoids are from the future and uh, that the visitors do not come from other solar systems or galaxies. Uh, what is your opinion? Uh, I, I think that they are, many of them are time travelers, perhaps all of them, and the different types might account either for the time that they're from, whether they're from 50 years ahead or 2 million years ahead, and also... Uh, like uh, Kelvin Parker was taken by those that scary creature it could have been artificial the intelligence. Pascagoula, Mississippi case, yeah. Yeah, it could have been artificial intelligence, uh, uh, perhaps or even a robot, which isn't exactly a, artificial intelligence is kind of beyond that. But uh, uh, I think Kelvin has even said that that might be the case because then he saw humanoids when he was taken aboard, I believe. Yeah. All right. Well, I, we're just about out of time. Diane Tessman, lively and fascinating show. You really got everybody yeah. going. <laughs> and uh, give us your website one more time. EarthChangePredictions.com. Very good. Diane Tessman, folks. Again, the book, 
Future Humans and the UFOs from Flying Disc Press. Very good. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So let's take away our announcements there, Ben. <clears throat> so we have quite a few things going on. Uh, so on April uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, we'll be at the New England Parafest uh, in Kittery, Maine. Uh, the first two days of the event, Friday and Saturday, we'll be at the Community Center at 120 Rogers Road. Uh, for Sunday the 5th, we will move to the Lions uh, Club at 117 State Road for the rest of the event, uh, which will include a live broadcast of this show b- uh, between noon to 1 p.m. All proceeds from this event go to help support the historic Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts, and today, or today, and toward the upkeep of veterans' uh, gravesites there. Uh, along with ourselves at that event, uh, will be speakers, of course, on Friday evening. Uh, almost all the other speakers you've heard on this show, one point uh, or another. Uh, these will include our favorite guest co-host, uh, Shane Searway, Bill Brock of the Discovery Channel's Monsters Underground, Ancient Sites expert Dennis Stone, Bigfoot hunter Dave McCulloch, reincarnation researcher St- Stephen Sacalarius, Researcher and broadcaster Tim Weisberg, now the host of the hit nighttime show Midnight in the Desert, and many more. Order tickets at EssexCountyGhostProject.org. And naturally, we'll be back at the Exeter UFO Festival on Labor Day weekend. That's September 5th and 6th as speakers and do our fifth annual live broadcast from the historic Exeter Town Hall on Sunday the 6th at noon. And the event is sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club uh, to raise funds for local children's charities. And there will be other events throughout the year, of course, including the Greater New England UFO Conference in Massachusetts on Columbus Day weekend. Uh, that's Lemonster, Massachusetts. And uh, I am honored to have been asked to be the guest, I should say the keynote speaker this year, I guess to mark my <coughs> work anniversary of 50 years in the paranormal. Congratulations, Dad. Thanks, Ben. And Actually, that's October I, I'm marking it from, but anyway. Well, it's... Yeah, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Any hoodles. Uh, so wh- you can check out our books, including Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, and Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You've Never Heard of. And now Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeists, Parasites, Parallel Worlds, and God, and they're available from online retailers and in some stores. Uh, but for autographed copies, uh, please visit our online bookstore at BehindTheParanormal.com. Yes, and also at that website, you can find uh, a lot more about the show. Our cases over the years, there are links to NewEnglandGhosts.com, which is our older, that's, that's been up for 20, 25 years. Mm. And uh, our 11-plus years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts, are available. Some of them are available on the site. Uh, others uh, are available on the podcast platforms, all the major podcast platforms. Specifically, Apple iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube if you have none of those. Uh, if you do find us on any of those, uh, if you have the ability to give us a rating and, and or leave a comment, it helps us out, helps us grow. That's it. And uh, it's true, there are uh, over 600 shows. Uh, we have uh, several hundred more to go, but we'll get them up there sooner or later. Baby steps. What do we got next week, Ben? So next Sunday, uh, March 8th, uh, we'll have UFO researchers and experiencers Mike Stevens and Valerie LaFasso, uh, also an empath and psychic, in studio to talk about UFOs and psychics. And there may be surprise uh, visitor to the studio at that point. Mm. And we'll leave you this afternoon with a thought from American inventor Thomas Edison. Many of life's failures are people who do not who do not realize how close they were to to success when they gave up. Unquote. I'm Paul Eno and I'm Ben Eno and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey and we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. <laughs>